0: Football show. It's Thanksgiving and we still have playoff football to talk about here in Delco. Two district finals in the county this week, two matchups between Central League teams and Chessmont teams, and two Delco teams that have been here before. Class 6A in the big schools, Garnet Valley makes its second straight appearance in a District 1 final. They'll host number four, Coatesville. In 5A, Springfield is again in the district final again hosting the district final this time it's number three unionville that comes to town both teams already in the state tournament but this is a chance to get to the state semifinals to get one win away from a trip to Hershey Matt Smith is here with me Uh, let's start out with uh, class 6a let's start out with the big schools Garner Valley's back there again they're gonna face a tough challenge in Coatesville aren't they
1: Coatesville has a lot of weapons at their disposal. I mean, you just look at these stats that were provided to me by the um, uh, Daily Local or sophomore quarterback. Sophomore, right? Ricky, still, Ricky still, Ortega. Just a sophomore. Ricky Ortega is sophomore co- uh, quarterback. One of the most explosive players um, in southeastern PA, maybe the whole state. Just incredible numbers. I mean, 20, over 2,600 yards passing, 34 touchdowns, two interceptions. He's also run for close to 800 yards and nine touchdowns. This is a a very um, interesting matchup for um, Garnet Valley because I think what it will come down to and we'll get into it um, is just how is Garnet Valley going to kind of combat uh, just the athleticism and playmaking ability of Coatesville. I mean,
0: the numbers on Coatesville are a little staggering. They're 12-1 this year. They've won 11 straight games. The only loss is to uh, a very strong team out of District 3 in Cumberland Valley. Yeah. Cumberland Valley held them to 14 points. Short of that, their next lowest-scoring game was 34 against Gratz, 38 against Downingtown West. They've scored 581 points this year. <laughs> That's 44.7 points per game. That is just a ton of offense. They have a thousand yard rusher and Aaron Young. They have guys on the outside like Dupree Bryant and Makai Alexander. That when Ortega gets them the ball, they, they make plays and they are very dangerous on both sides of the ball. I think they had a uh, some defensive scores last week and just running all over Pensbury. It was forty two to two. They're a very good Absolutely. they're a very good team. I spoke to uh, we're recording this on Monday night. I spoke to Garnet Valley head coach Mike Ricky earlier in the day and he called them maybe one of the best football teams that he's ever seen at the high school level. And that says a lot. That's high
1: praise from Mike Rickey. Mike Ricky goes yeah.
0: back a long way. But another thing that he said, uh, and I'll throw this to you, Matt Smith, is that in trying to slow this team down, their offense is going to have to be a big part of that defense. They're going to have to control the clock. This comes with, you know, not they don't throw the ball a lot, so certainly they'll be able to control the clock, run the ball, not just to score and to put up points, but to also – Keep Ortega in that offense on the sidelines.
1: Yeah, you want to keep them away, um, and and hopefully, um, you know, if Garnet Valley's defense can get a couple three and outs, put put the Coatesville defense back on the field, and let Garnet Valley's uh, running backs and offensive line sort of assert their dominance and take control, because that's what it's going to come down to. Can Garnet Valley uh, sustain drives? Um, they're they're known for. I mean, they're they're averaging forty seven. Uh, rushing attempts per game and 55 in the playoffs. I mean, that's Garnet Valley. They're going to run the, the football, and they're going to run the football some more. I mean, the one thing, I mean, Garnet Valley's lost only one game this year, and that was to Springfield. That was a 14-7 to game. The reason they lost that game, I don't want to disparage Springfield because they played a heck of a game, and their defense kind of carried them to the finish line. But Garnet Valley hurt themselves by fumbling the ball twice inside the 20-yard line. Um, so those mistakes obviously cost them the only game that they lost this year. They have to avoid those type of mistakes when, when they go on lengthy drives to finish them. Don't stop at the 20 or the 15 or the 10-yard line. they got to get in the end zone and, like you said, just keep the Ricky Ortegas and the pre Bryant's and Aaron Youngs, keep, keep those guys off the field, at least in terms
0: of, of, of their offense, and one thing that works in Garnet Valley's advantage in this respect, I think, is that they don't have a ton of guys that go both ways. So you can sure. actually – that's not a fallacy of resting the defense because all those guys are just out there on offense. And even on the Coatesville side, Coatesville obviously a very big school, they have a lot of their top playmakers that go both ways. Aaron Young plays in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even Ortega plays as a, as, a, as a safety for them. So yeah. that notion for Garnet Valley is a little bit truer of a lot of those guys, Josh Sharaki, those big playmakers on the defense, can actually sit and take a breath.
1: We look at Coatsville as like this really scary offensive team, which they are. Um, Garnet Valley's numbers kind of stack up with them. I mean, Coatsville's average about 435 yards a game. Garnet Valley's averaging about 390. I mean, it's not there, – there's not a big disparity there between the two offenses. Coatesville's defense is very underrated. I, you know, they're only allowing – they're allowing less than 14 points per game. And Garnet Valley's defense is allowing about 16. So
0: – I think the difference might be in maybe yards per snap and that uh, I think Coatesville yeah. probably comes by its its points and yardage a little bit more explosively. I'm sure that I – I I wouldn't be shocked if they have more than a dozen touchdowns of 50 yards or more this year. But still, that's that's not necessarily a disadvantage for Garnet Valley. And we sat on this podcast two weeks ago when Garnet Valley was about to go into uh, the game with North Penn and said, can they outscore a team like North Penn with that explosive offense? And they go out and win a 36-35 game. Now, the the circumstances of that game, being down like they were, maybe that's not something to exactly replicate. But it, it does... It has to be said, this Garnet Valley team has now won six games, and six playoff games in the last two years. Yeah. That's really a remarkable stat. And I don't, you know, short of some of those Ridley dynasties in the, you know, in the 90s and early 2000s and even going further back, there's not a lot of teams that can claim that kind of success in consecutive years.
1: You know, I think it's easy to, to call them the underdog, <laughs> even though they are the higher seed. And obviously they have the home game this week just because Coatesville, so pro- prolific I mean they really wow you they really amaze you with some, some of these athletes on the team in Garner Valley they preach oneness and you know there's no real quote unquote star player that's that gets all the attention they kind of do it together yeah they have two great running backs and Danny Guy and Matt Lassic, Um but they are a, a team and, and they sort of all, all go about their business and they do it together they're not the, the quote unquote sexy team um, they don't have the huge playmaking athletes. Uh, they don't have all the Division One athletes. You know, they just get it done week after week, and that's because what they preach every week, and that, that's oneness, that's that's togetherness. I think if a team's going to beat Coatesville, Garnet Valley um, sort of has or is best equipped to, to go out and do it this year.
0: Shifting down into 5A, uh, both you and I, Matt Smith, were out and watching Unionville last week as they got past uh, a very game effort from a beat-up Marple Newtown team, but they now head into Springfield, and I think uh, it's fair to say for this Springfield team, which lost the District 1 Class 5A championship game to Academy Park on home turf last year, this is in a lot of ways what their season has been building towards. They're the top seed. They're unbeaten. Uh, they certainly won't have an easy run against what I think is a very good 5A team in Unionville. But certainly, this is this is what their season has been gearing towards.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're Springfield, um, it's back-to-back years of the final in three in the last four years.
0: Yeah, that one against Gray was in that against Great Valley? In
1: 2014, the Great Valley, yes. Okay. And then, uh, so they lost in 2014, lost in 2016, and here they are again both Springfield and Garnet Valley. You know, so it's like they're back there again and, and they've had great seasons. I mean th- this is Garnet, or this is Springfield's game. I mean I was out there today, you know all the kids seemed pretty pumped up and, and, and not overly concerned. Uh, they were able to watch some, some game film. We saw what a great talent Unionville has in, in, in Joe Balaga. Uh, one of my favorite players that I've seen this year.
0: A- and absolutely, he's a Division One guy. A I-
1: Division One guy who's not getting any love from Division One coaches. He's a special talent. He did it all. <laughs> Takes a lot of snaps out of the Wildcat. He can line up outside. Uh, he can motion in the backfield. Um, he's everywhere. you got to keep a spy on him at all times. The good thing about Springfield, they have a lot of dudes who can match up with them. That's why Springfield's here. Springfield's here because they have a great defense and um, they could handle, you know, uh, special talents like Joe Zubalaga, other guys like running back Dante Graham and J.T. Hour. It's interesting. It's kind of um, a, a really um, fun matchup to watch as Springfield's defense trying to navigate some of these skill players on Unionville side.
0: I think Springfield's going to be able to score against Unionville. Marple Newtown put up three scores against them with Alden Mathis at quarterback, first time playing quarterback. Unionville's defense did do a good job of bottling up Marlon Weathers, but I think a lot of that had to do with, you know, a lot of scheme stuff. A lot of Marple was forced into situations where they had to run the ball, and they really telegraphed running plays. There wasn't that run-pass balance at all with Anthony Paoletti injured. Yeah, Marple got pretty predictable at the end uh, in that game. And And it was unavoidable. It was unavoidable. And And mm -hmm. you certainly feel for Marple with, you know, all that they – go through without having Paoletti after they, uh, you know, this was largely what my column was about, Was largely it was after they finally established that run, ba- run pass balance with Marlon Weathers, and then they have to go kind of run heavy. Yeah. Um, I think Springfield's offense will move the ball against Unionville. The real matchup is going to I be – Mm-hmm. Unionville's offense against Springfield's defense. They have some good balance. You mentioned Dante Graham. Zubalaga and J.T. Howard are very dangerous threats, catching the ball and you know running the ball, Howard with some jet sweeps. Alex Gorgone does a pretty good job of moving the ball around to all those different weapons. He had a streak the other day where he, I think, missed five or six straight passes, so he's not exactly infallible, even though he has really good – um, J.T. Howard kind of reminds me of uh, his name escapes me at the moment, um, but the wide receiver that uh, Great Valley had a couple years ago, or last year, who yes. Right over a 1,000 yards, name escapes me. It'll come yes. back to me later. It'll be very interesting to see how those two teams match up well, in, that, I, I, in that, I, that part of the game.
1: I think there's some similarities with Unionville's offense and Haverford High's offense just in terms of how they have a lot of different guys who can catch the ball. You know, there's no Joe Zubalaga on Haverford. Well, Jordan Mosley, I guess, can be uh, Joe Zubalaga in in this story I'm trying to tell or trying to craft. But I I just see similarities with their pass offense. And I think my point is, is that Haverford did a pretty good job of of, uh, finding holes in Springfield's secondary at time in their game. Uh, Haverford was able to – to throw the ball a little bit because Haverford's a really good pass offense um so I don't know if there's a blueprint <laughs> for um exploiting uh any weaknesses in Springfield's defensive secondary but it could be that Haverford high game I-, I agree with you I don't think Unionville's defense will be able to contain Jaden McKenzie Phil Shovelin, Kyle Long
0: I could see him having a big game Quarterba- Frank, Frank Durham had a big game a couple weeks ago.
1: Yeah, uh, um, I'm just going to say quarterback Jack because I can never pronounce Jack's last name.
0: Pesenka. pasenka Maybe. Sorry, Jack. Email but, us if we're wrong. It's okay.
1: But he's thrown 66%, completing 66% of his passes this year. He's been so good.
0: All right, it's, uh, it's Turkey Day, so we can we can move away from the playoffs and move oh. to what really matters, which is Turkey and uh, us giving you guys an excuse if you need to argue with your parents or argue with your families at Thanksgiving. Just put our podcast on. Just have them yell at the Daily Times, guys. We're, we're totally fine with that. Three, we have a full slate of Thanksgiving Day games this year, uh, Ridley Innerborough, Haverford Upper Derby and Sun Valley Chichester. Four of those six teams made the playoffs this year, which maybe isn't the accomplishment that it, it used to be. Um, yeah, it of, those, say much. <laughs> of those three games, which one stands out to you, Matt Smith?
1: Sun Valley and Chai. It's the 50th anniversary. So that's cool. That's neat. Uh, so there's, I think there's going to be some halftime activities and stuff. Other than that, I mean, none of these games really matter. And <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's ultimately, I mean, that's that's for not pride really, and bragging rights. I get that.
0: I mean, that's not really unique, they haven't mattered in that sense, you know, a whole lot in yeah. terms of for league standings and stuff like that. It's just a
1: shame that these teams all kind of sat around for three weeks, well, with the exception of Haverford.
0: Well, Haverford, I mean, Haverford well, made Haver- the playoffs, Haver- yeah. Innerborough had a brief cameo against uh Pottsgrove. Chai obviously lost to A P in the first round of the playoffs. Sun Valley got shellacked but that was in the first round of the playoffs. Three weeks ago.
1: So they're all every team had at least kind of a three week respite uh between their last game and
0: Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, I, I was actually out at Ridley today and I talked to Sean Crowley, their linebacker, and uh, he mentioned that they kind of feel almost like this is a second preseason. They feel like they haven't played a game yet. And they're one of the teams yeah. that didn't make the playoffs. Obviously, we discussed uh, in the past, them missing the playoffs by mere percentage points. This year, they, they finished 17th for a 16-team field. I'm kind of intrigued by the ridley Borough game, if only because I think they're two teams that didn't live up to the standards that they usually have. And it'll be interesting for me to see how they internalize that and how they decide to react. I think Ridley, in talking with them today, a, a lot of the guys there, I talked to Sean Crowley, I talked to Kamal Richardson, their running back they look at this as something to prove that, hey, we're not the team that started two and four. We're the team that won the last four games of the season and should have been in the playoffs. And I think that's the way they're kind of approaching. This is the chance to redefine their legacy a little bit, if, if that's the right word. Ridley has won three straight games, so they would like to be a class that can say that they've never lost to Interborough. Interborough, on the other hand, struggled a little bit down the stretch, never really, I think, found themselves as a team this year. Uh, They got uh, beaten by Pottsgrove in the first round of the playoffs. Pottsgrove goes on to win the District 1 Class 4A championship. So they have an opportunity to write a new ending for themselves. Um, Haverford and Upper Derby is kind of a little bit in that vein. I think Haverford missed out on some of the goals that they were probably looking for. They gave North Penn a heck of a game in their first round of the playoffs. Um, I think back to... And Haverford has a lot to look forward to
1: next year. So does Upper Norby. They both have a lot of young kids coming back.
0: Yeah, and, I, and I, I look back to that game two years ago, which was winner takes the Central League. Right. And obviously in, in the, the last game of their high school careers for Jack Donaghy and Isaiah Bruce, all the people that were jammed into Cornog Field that day, it's probably not going to reach those heights but it could be a very special game and I think there's some history I'm sure there's some yeah. records out there for Jordan Mosley to chase there's some uh, you know in his last high school game Jake Rewain could you know um, make a little bit of progress towards maybe taking down that long-held Anthony Paoletti um, county record mm-hmm. uh, for passing yards but L- long-held um,
1: five weeks
0: yes <laughs> we'll, we'll see I don't, I don't know that he can get it this week but you know something down the road you, you could yeah say, he'll
1: get it um they will have a good chance to get it next year uh the the county passing record
0: but I think there's plenty at stake there and those are teams you know I think uh I think it's six straight wins for Haverford um in what's been a really good era of that program under Joe Gallagher so that's something uh that's something to prove I think Sun Valley and Chai could be the kind of low-key really fun game and I don't just say that because Sun Valley has had Worlds of trouble stopping teams <laughs> this year. But you know what? They've played some games in recent years. There's been some rainy days. There's been right. some snowy Thanksgivings that have been the 12, you know, last year was 14-10. Uh, a, I think there was an Interboro game a couple years ago with Ridley that was like 6 nothing or a 12-6 game. You get a lot of those low-scoring kind of classic games. Yeah, it would be. It would be nice, Delgado and, football and game. I'm not going to be out at a game. I'll, I'll freely admit I'll be heading home for the holidays. But it's it would be nice to have a nice high scoring game on Thanksgiving for everybody that wakes up and stands out in the cold. And yeah. I, I think Sun Valley Chai might maybe has the uh, maybe maybe has the
1: potential to deliver that. But I mean, it was 14 to 10 last year with a lot of these uh, a lot of the same personnel. I don't know. It'd be fun to watch. Year older, uh, year wiser. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> yes. maybe. Yeah, it'll be, you know what would be fun to watch? Jules Kelly versus Rashad Shaw. That that's a good. I know they don't like line up, or maybe they will line up against. They could
0: each a other. little bit secondary, but, yeah. but
1: to see those two like two explosive all-purpose players who've accounted for, I don't know, ninety-eight percent. Of- of their respective offensive production this year. And and close Uh, to that in Daily Times (laughs) mentions. Yeah, just kidding. Uh, But two players who've scored a lot of touchdowns. I think they have about 35 touchdowns between them. That'll be fun. And just to see um, Chester coach Ryan Smith, I think he likes to um, take it to his alma mater (laughs) on Thanksgiving.
0: That's everything (laughs) for this week. Uh, You can read all of our coverage there will be multiple stories uh, on our Thanksgiving Day coverage. All of the
1: stories. In in
0: the Wednesday paper in the Thursday paper we have our entire team hitting the streets uh, talking to people about Thanksgiving football. You can also catch the District 1 advances in Friday's paper. All of that and so much more um, from us and from our sister paper the Daily Local uh, will be online at paPrepLive.com. You can follow me on Twitter at SportsDoctorMD. You can follow Matt Smith on Twitter at DT Matt Smith. Thanks very much for listening, guys, and have a happy holiday.